is episode 307 of the Anarchist News Podcast of Digest and or Conversations on Anarchist Activity Ideas and Comments from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. This is for the week of March 18th through March 24th, 2023. Okay, Micro Machines guy. What's new this week? The wound is still bleeding and the fuse is still burning. From publicacionrefractario.wordpress.com, translated by Act for Freedom. Out of Chile, this is writing from anarchist prisoner Aldo Hernandez. Quote, Damn cowards! They investigated me for more than a year, followed me, placed cameras, photographed me, listened to me. They were on my heels and preferred to expose a minor, his daughter, to the violent raid that we experienced that early morning of December 22nd, 2022. Despicable beings that only did not stop me before because of fear. They clearly knew that this individual would not receive them in a good way. On the contrary, with all the courage that those of us who carry the confrontation against power and its servants, that courage that runs through our veins that the enemies will never be able to understand. They came to me in the pure style of the fascism of the DINA or the CNI. I cannot forgive, much less forget, that they subjected my daughter to a so-called subtle interrogation. I hate them a little more every second. Remember that though today my body is imprisoned, my ideas and projects continue to travel illegally through the streets of this territory with the desire to concretize in action what I have reflected with different comrades, sisters, and brothers. Unquote. Shout out to, quote, beautiful and historic population of La Victoria, to the beloved Via Francia, where the words of Luisa Toledo and Manuel Vergara are echoes that resound loudly in every passage and avenue forever. To the brothers and sisters of Lo Hermida and Peña Lolen, who create scenarios of confrontations. To La Pincoya, that does not forget its subversive and rebellious character. Unquote. That was The Wound and the Fuse. Claim of the incendiary attack on Poste Italiana from La... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so this is the thing I forgot. Okay, so you ready? Octox here. Nemesi. Would you like me to start from the beginning? No, start with no, dot noblogs.org. Octox is going to put that in. You haven't been paying attention to the comments on A-News, so you don't know what's going on, but it's okay. I've been robbed of my ability to mispronounce Nemesi. Somebody said that they just learned that when I say Lana Messi, that I'm not, I wasn't saying Lana Messi, as in a person, Lana Messi. I was saying Lana Messi. Because I sound like I'm saying the same thing when I'm saying... Anyway, so we're bypassing Like it. last name, M-E-S-S-Y, <clears throat> yes. Lana Messi. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. So what? what is this... So uh, Octox, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that clip, that pronunciation, every time, and I'm just going to hope that Octox can hear enough of it to make it put on the thing. And if not... And what is the end result? <clears throat> you're going to say la, and then the Italian like, pronunciation is going to say nemezzi, and then you're going to move on, and that's just going to be that. But what, what, is, what is the point? So the point is to say the name correctly and to tease the person back who is teasing me. Okay, so just the once or no, every, all, or every time. Every time this time or every time forever. Uh, no, every time this time. Uh, Noblogs.org, translated by Dark Knights. You're so grumpy. An You're action so in grumpy. solidarity with Alfredo and also Marcello Villarreal, who was arrested with two others in 2009 after a long international manhunt and accused of the robbery in Santander Bank and the murder of a cop in October of 2007. Quote, 
against an existence that oppresses us on a daily basis, and so that the impetus given to us by the hunger strike of anarchist comrade Alfredo Cospito does not fade, we declare a permanent emergency, which, which gives us the urgency of our short lives, regardless of the outcome of the struggle our comrade has undertaken. Unquote. Attack on a police station in Leipzig, Germany, from Athens Indie Media via Abolition Media, translated by Ney Median. This starts out, quote, We attacked the police station on Weisenfelserstrasse with fire during the night of March 15, 2023, the International Day Against the Police and Their Violence. Our incendiary devices hit the patrol cars parked in the yard. We remember the 36-year-old who was shot by cops in his apartment in Leipzig, Poundsdorf, on September 7th, 2022. And we remember Johnson, who was murdered at the age of 38 on January the 3rd, 2023, in custody of the Braunschweig police. Relatives reported that Johnson was beaten before his death and his body showed signs of physical abuse, unquote. And continues with news and information about the ongoing encroachment of police into our lives and the strengthening of police forces with more stations, equipment, and access all the time. That was Attack on Police Station in Leipzig. Italian anarchist in solitary confinement warns of his death. From Al Jazeera by Michaela Moscufo. A mainstream news article that does what such articles are supposed to, so it's irrelevant if you miss things like what Caspita was arrested for in the first place, or what exactly is so much worse about 41 Beasts than other prison penalties. Quote, Caspita was jailed for 10 years in 2012 for shooting a chief of a nuclear energy company in the leg, in his words, to punish one of the many sorcerers of the atomic industry, and was later handed a life sentence for setting off two bombs in front of a police academy near Turin in 2006. Both attacks were non-fatal, and while no one was injured in the bombing, investigators concluded that the explosives were designed to kill. Unquote. For a mainstream news article, this is entirely inoffensive. That was Italian anarchist warns of his death. Illuminating anarchist perspectives on restorative justice and transformative justice. From Anarchist Agency website, this is a press brief with extra gravitas since Jen Angel helped start Anarchist Agency and her recent death and the responses to it are reflections on the issue of justice and consequences. So Agency is a project with a mission of explaining anarchist thought to the public, created and maintained by what would fairly be called social anarchists, so folks who are more likely to mend roads than to tear them up. This text is a pretty simple explanation of why anarchists don't like prisons, and what transformative and restorative justices are, more or less ends with this, quote, Unlike restorative justice, transformative justice is explicitly practiced outside of the criminal legal system. While anarchists more frequently advocate for transformative justice, sometimes the involvement of the state is unavoidable, and restorative justice can offer a more just way to navigate the criminal legal proceedings in these cases. In such situations, calls for restorative justice are more practical and the outcomes more achievable, unquote. And then a list of resources. There is so little anarchist-specific information here that it's almost funny, except that, as noted, this is pretty clearly a page for people to refer to when explaining why they don't want the people involved in Jen's death to be arrested. Fair enough. Athens, Summary of Actions and Solidarity with Alfredo Cospito, 
from AthensIndieMedia.org, translated by Act for Freedom Now. Four actions on four different days. This is mostly photos from the events, one of which happened at the Italian embassy, including pictures of flyers in Greek. New York City, March 31st, a celebration of the life of Jen Angel from Anon. Speaking of Jen, this announces a gathering in memory of her on the East Coast at Barnard College. Quote, Jen Angel was a visionary, a prolific independent media activist and zinester. She published Fucktooth, her personal zine. She published in Clamor Magazine, the zine yearbook, and was an editor of Maximum Rock and Roll. Her writing appeared in publications such as Bitch, Punk Planet, Upping the Anti, and In These Times. She died as a result of an apparent robbery assault in Oakland, California on February 9th. Anarchist, social justice activist, community baker, Jen's life, spirit, and radical commitment touched thousands of people. We'll be remembering Jen and talking about how to carry forward her lifelong commitment to radical change. The Fugtooth Collection and the Clamor Archives will be available for review, unquote. Urgent updates on the health condition of Alfredo Cospito, 21 and 22nd of March, 2023. From la.nemesi.noblogs.org, translated by Act for Freedom Now. Smooth. Quote, <laughs> we learn from the press of the regime that today, 21st of March, 2023, that the anarchist prisoner Alfredo Cospito on hunger strike for five months had a heart attack. The comrade, they write, was dying. The incident allegedly began when the comrade felt a tremor in his hand and alerted a guard. After ten minutes, the nurse and the doctor arrived, shouting and saying that they had seen a heart problem from the monitoring. They were very concerned he was dying. The crisis reportedly subsided after an injection of a large dose of potassium. The results of tests carried out yesterday were also released today. According to the doctors, the values indicate that Alfredo may now have suffered permanent neurological damage and could be paralyzed. Unquote. Antenna burnt in solidarity with Alfredo Cospito from law.noblogs.org, translated by Act for Freedom Now. Quote, in the early hours of Wednesday, 22nd of March, 2023, we attacked an antenna repeater with fire inside the Great Ring Road of Rome. We identified this objective in order to strike the telecommunications apparatus and to express our solidarity with the anarchist comrade Alfredo Cospito on hunger strike for 154 days against the prison regime, 41 beasts, and life sentence without appeal, unquote. War, Crisis, and Anarchy from la.noblogs.org, <laughs> machine translated. Anarchist Italian analysis of how the war in Ukraine is affecting banking failures and seems to be recommending some statecraft that seems non-anarchist to this reader. Quote, in other words, capitalism, instead of addressing the structural reasons for inflation, i.e. above all ending the war in Ukraine, renouncing sanctions on Russia, bartering political concessions with Putin in exchange for cheap methane, etc., not being able to do this for reasons of military policy, the only thing he knows how to do, besides picking on the exploited and preventively raising the level of repression, is the financial acrobatics circulating such as the reduction of money. Unquote. As far as I can tell, capitalism in that quotation means the Italian state? Or maybe the United States? Dude, this is a machine translation. Who the fuck knows what it's trying to say? Other parts seem clear, like where it says to overthrow our own governments, 
not other people's, and the ending where they propose embarrassing the Italian government in front of their allies. Seems like kind of a weird mix of analysis to me. This piece hasn't gotten any comments, and I'm wondering if anyone got anything good out of it. Thoughts on Revolution by Wayne Price. Wayne talks about an old friend slash acquaintance who has gone in a different direction and frames the whole piece by talking about how many people of those times in his life became right-wing. Also says that most anarchists on anarchistnews.org are, quote, explicitly anti-working class and against the idea of revolution, unquote, which seems to me a great indicator of Wayne not understanding what people are saying on this site, especially given that there are multiple people trying to talk to him, mostly as anon, which I'm sure gets confusing. About his friend's recent text that this is in response to, Wayne says, quote, In brief, Ron has redefined revolution to mean a nonviolent, classless, spiritual awakening. He no longer sees it as provoked by objective material crises in industrial capitalist society. What he would like to see is a spontaneous moral mass movement generated by the positive aspects of human nature with no particular basis in the contradictions of industrial capitalism, unquote. But seems not helpful to read someone's assessment when one questions that someone's ability to understand what he's reading. And also, Ron sounds a little more interesting than Wayne, but that's unfortunately not saying much. And the white torture, freedom for Alfredo Cospito. From Freedom News UK, nothing new here, shit's fucked up. Alfredo Cospito's statement at the review hearing from Dark Nights. This is the beginning. Quote, This was my instigator of the struggle I started. I never thought I would get this far. I always found melodrama ridiculous. I love comedy more, but that's how it was. After all, are we or are we not the country of melodrama? And so I have to end on a high note. When I think about it, though, something ironic is there. I am the only asshole who dies in the progressive democratic West because he is prevented from reading and studying what he wants, anarchist newspapers, anarchist books, historical and scientific journals, and not neglecting his beloved comic books, unquote. But just go read the thing. Someone being able to choose death in these circumstances and to do it with some kind of smile in his heart is a rare fucking thing. Celebrate him. That was Alfredo Cospito's statement at review hearing. Ireland's solidarity with Italian anarchist on hunger strike Alfredo Cospito. From Dairy Anarchists Blogspot. Quote, in Dublin as in Belfast, activists gathered outside the Italian embassy and consulate in both cities to express their solidarity with Alfredo and his demands for an immediate end to the Italian government prison regime of forced isolation policy known as 41 Beasts. In each location, activists gathered to highlight the demands to end this tortured treatment of political prisoners as part of an international action. A banner hung outside the Italian consulate in the university area of Belfast called of an end to the 41 Beast regime as anarchists held a vigil. Unquote. Long Haul Community Center faces displacement from Anon. You might remember the long haul from previous hits like the FBI seizing computers about 10 years ago. This attack is much more modern, coming as it does as a result of gentrification and greed, rather than obvious police force. Quote, in early January 2023, Long Haul's landlord, the Northern California Land Trust, surprised the Long Haul by announcing that it was seeking to tear down the building on Shattuck Avenue, which is contained to the Long Haul and the Homeless Action Center. Fuck you. Yep. Long Haul learned that the 
Land Trust had been developing plans for the development for over a year with no notice to the long haul. The NCLT submitted a whatever an application to the city of Berkeley on December 13th of last year uh, without communicating with its tenants again. NCLT applied for and was awarded a $1 million grant from the California Energy Commission to pay for design and pre-development cost. Ironically, the land trust's offices were originally at the Long Hall when the space began in 1979. According to the Long Hall's founder, Alan Haber, who also started 1960's New Left organization Students for a Democratic Society in 1960. Haber stated that it was at Long Hall's urging that NCLT purchased the Shattuck building in 1984. Long Hall has an indefinite lease and has paid rent on time for 30 years. NCLT seeks to begin construction in mid-2024. However, the land trust has not yet secured financing for the development. Long Hall is having ongoing internal discussions to discuss how to respond to the development proposal and is seeking community support to avoid displacement. While Long Hall is under threat, it is still open and active. Long Hall invites the community to use its resources and schedule an event in its meeting room, unquote. The Long Hall houses one of the longest surviving info shops in the U.S., and we all know better than to trust land developers, right? Houston, report back of St. Joseph Parkway sweep defense. From Space City Anarchist Organization at spacecityao.noblogs.org. The statement against city efforts to remove houseless camps in the name of creating residences for the houseless. This text is an exercise in explaining how, while the city claims to be doing something good, it's an excuse for them to make things much worse for the people they're claiming to want to help. For those folks who are either really new or are aggressively willfully ignorant. Or both, I guess. Quote, On March 8th, we received confirmation that the Coalition for the Homeless, City of Houston, and TXDOT employees were planning a sweep of the St. Joseph's camp the following day. A coalition of local anarchists and abolitionists gathered and made plans to document what was happening, confront the workers conducting the sweep, and offer relocation assistance to camp residents who wanted to move elsewhere. We knew that we would be outnumbered and out-resourced in attempting to stop the sweep completely, but hoped to stand in solidarity with those being harassed and displaced and stand watch to prevent any further violence from occurring. Early Thursday morning, a few members of our group arrived to begin documenting. Many residents had already been transported away from the camp to the navigation center, or had moved elsewhere of their own accord. Immediately on arrival, we watched and recorded as one Coalition for the Homeless employee took a box cutter to a seemingly brand new tent, only to run off when she realized she was being filmed." Unquote. That was Report Back on St. Joseph's Sweep Defense. Some reflections on the forest and the city from scenes from the Atlanta forest at scenes.noblogs.org and also in Anathema Magazine, Spring Issue. Quote, Anarchists and other radicals face a chronic dilemma when it comes to deciding who to align ourselves with in the course of a particular struggle. We have seen over and over again how much more susceptible we are to being utterly crushed by state repression when we're taking up uncompromising action against the state and are isolated from popular support. We've also seen again and again that when we try to team up with various leftists and nonprofit organizations with less radical goals, it ends up empowering those organizations to control and recuperate for very different ends what were once ungovernable struggles. This historical problem is one of many 
that the authors of The Forest in the City, Two Years of Forest Defense in Atlanta, Georgia, published in February, shrug aside in favor of a compromised approach that they offer as though it were a self-evident movement strategy. While we appreciate the detailed information and reflections in the piece about this extremely important ongoing campaign, we are also concerned by the ostensibly objective stance taken by the authors. The article seems to take for granted that their conclusions will be shared by all radicals and, in the worst case scenario, could set the stage for discrediting those who might disagree with them from a more radical perspective. Since some of these conclusions seemed somewhat antithetical to us as anarchists, we offer here some thoughts and critiques in the interest of clarifying some alternative strategies that the article overlooks." Unquote. Can you tell that whoever wrote this might as well be me? Gotta love the acknowledgement of obnoxious and ongoing fucking dilemmas. Another piece that I could just quote from Ad Nauseam, but better you go read it yourself and write some good comments. That was some reflections on the forest in the city. Audio and video. You're scaring me. Anarchism, a very short introduction with Alex Pritchard from Little Bigger Anarchism Podcast, an hour and 36 minutes. So these two left anarchists apparently always start out with talking about news of the day or something. Here they discuss what seems to be a current scandal about the BBC being under the influence of the government, which doesn't seem like something that anarchists would be surprised by. Also, one of them likes the BBC and is regularly finding little gems on it, but doesn't say what those are or how those gems are relevant to an anarchist audience. There is a little bit of conversation about how the BBC occasionally portrays anarchists and what it means for new people to find out about anarchism through mass media. At about 30 minutes in, the conversation with Pritchard starts. Pritchard was tasked with updating the Oxford University Press introductory text called A Very Short Introduction to Anarchism, which was originally written in 2004 by Colin Ward. Pritchard talks about that process and including new research on when something called anarchy actually started. Hint, pre-Marx! And those who might enjoy the rejection of Black Flame's intensely reductionist definition or might be irritated that Black Flame is even mentioned. I don't know. Mixed feelings! Anyway, Pritchard's take is better than some of us skeptics would expect and raises really provocative questions. Like the growing popularity of anarchism in the context of neoliberalist promotion of a marketed freedom, etc. The hosts, of course, don't ask any challenging questions, but then what they would call challenging probably wouldn't satisfy anyway. Anyway, worth listening to Pritchard, even if he's a pacifist. Sean, if you're listening, your boy gets some nice love at about an hour in. This is America, number 184. Eric King prepares for release from It's Going Down podcast, an hour and 27 minutes. Despite the title, very little of this podcast is actually about Eric, though it's nice to hear from his legal support team that he's doing well and that December is the latest that he should be getting out. Also discussed here is a new documentary series on mutual aid, and the guests speak of mutual aid as a tactic, but not one that is necessarily revolutionary, and to a different definition for mutual aid than the fuzzy public relations one made even more popular during the COVID crisis. So, heartening? Maybe? On the other hand, then they say that only communists were critical of putting COVID crisis responses under the label of mutual aid. So, we'll see. The series certainly seems worth checking out. At 50 minutes in, the host starts talking about TikTok, etc., and that was that for me. 
Logistics, of course the sound quality is good, and most everyone has a nice voice and knows how to talk to media, so the jurgen, while always irritating, was at least not jarring to the ear. This week's podcast was sound edited by Octax. The What's New was written by Chisel and read by Chisel and Fartsome. Are you waiting for a reaction? We still hope this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. I don't. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I hope this is a waste of time for you. Well, that's good too. In the middle of a gunfight In the center of a restaurant They say Come with your arms raised high Well, they're never gonna get me Like a bullet through a flock of doves To wage this war against your faith In me Your life Will never be the same On your mother's eyes Say a prayer Say a prayer Now, put a chaos And I don't know How a just human has got to me us With a chaos Well, I can't Too much to rain And just not enough of this Bleeding more for your dying wish I kiss your lips Again On this episode of A Reading from the Anarchist Library I will be reading In a Pickle by Lawrence Levity. This text was written in January 29th of 1965. It was posted from the website unionofegoist.com on March 17th, 2023. I don't know of any party, sect, or movement with whom I couldn't be ascribed to, not by those in any particular group, but by their rivals. In the same sense, I could not be identified with any group, a non-labeling which fits me precisely. I am indeed a minority of one, and I prefer it that way inasmuch as I do not wish to be associated with any of the lunacies I see about me. But as an independent, an alienated and non-involved person, who presumably for that reason might be considered more able to see things objectively than most people, a person who, moreover, who sees the course of human events in an almost fatalistic light, what the hell should I have to offer except pessimism and almost non-action in the face of inevitable cataclysm? You are not uninvolved, they may say. You suffer a certain amount of miseries and are going to be snuffed out like the rest. Your disinterestedness and unconcern is opposed. It is only a mask for your inertia and lack of courage. Well, I could not deny this. But I can say this. Inasmuch as my own ideas are not only contrary and inimical to the powers that be, who wouldn't hesitate a moment to snuff me out, they are likewise contrary and inimical to all the movements and sects and parties that I know anything about. And I damn well know, by the flavor of their advocacies, that they wouldn't have any less scruples in seeing me effectively urged into the ash barrel.
If indeed they wouldn't help with the Heath too, than the members and supporters of the establishment. So you bastards categorizing me as a cowardly dud, in effect means that you preferred for me to stick my neck out so that you could lop my head off. You damn well right I am involved. I have a personal interest at stake, and that interest includes such impulses of self-preservation as to deprive you all from cutting my precious throat. I have been around long enough to exude whatever part of my gullibility about the considerateness of human nature as to believe that a recalcitrant to any of the schemes of world-fixing so ardently favored by this or the other of the fixers bent to do me good means other than haste in having me see my maker. Fuck you. Lawrence Labadee, January 29th, 1965. Life is but a dream. Say